The following podcast is completely fictional. All of the characters, even those based on real people, are fictional. They are just impressions by a weird dude talking to himself for your enjoyment. Hola, amigos. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? It's Above the Dave. And welcome to another episode of the Lot Scene Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the insane life of Dr. Horace Wells. He is the dentist who started using nitrous oxide on his patients. Yeah, and you are not going to believe this man's story. It is absolutely nuts. After that, we are going to speak with the entire Tedeschi Trucks band. They're all here in the studio, and we're going to chat with them and really pick their brains. Super pumped for that. And lastly, we are going to be having a game show style show off between Pat the Stat and Alan Aquin of the Disco Biscuits. That's right, they're going head to head in their knowledge of all things Bisco. So test your drugs and bless your pugs. It's another episode of The Lotsy. off quickly with a special personal note that this fall is the 25th anniversary of Fish's epic Fall 97 run, which it is one of the best runs in Fish's history. And it's also the first time I got to see Fish myself. And I did tell that story last season. And that 25th anniversary of that show uh, just passed a few days ago, 11.30.97, Worcester Centrum, and uh, changed my life. 25 years ago, I saw Fish for the very first time. 25 years later, I am now doing a podcast about Fish and Champans. So yeah, uh, pretty, pretty crazy to think about it. I did go back at the 20th anniversary of this show and, and listen back to it, and I will do it again this year. And for anyone else listening who got into Fish around this time, happy anniversary. Just wild to be a fan of a band that I came in 25 years ago while well, they, they were supposedly peaking, and now they're just still topping that. So that's crazy. Uh, so that was a little special side note. This episode, however, I want to blow your fucking mind. Is that okay with you? Because that's what I'm about to do. Have you ever heard of a doctor named Dr. Horace Wells? You probably have not. And what I want to do today is I honestly just want to read the Wikipedia of Horace Wells. This is the life of a man who is best known for pioneering 
the use of anesthesia in dentistry, specifically the use of nitrous oxide, uh, in parentheses, or laughing gas. Horace Wells was the first of three children of Horace and Betsy Heath Wells. He was born on January 21st, 1815 in Hartford, Vermont. Eddie. His parents were well-educated and affluent landowners, which allowed him to attend private schools in New Hampshire and Amherst, Massachusetts. Still pretty heady. At the age of 19, in 1834, Wells began studying dentistry under a two-year apprenticeship in Boston. The first dental school did not open until 1840 in Baltimore. So we're still a few years, six, we're still six years before there was any dental schools. He was just doing some two-year thing in Boston. At age 23 now, four years later, Wells published a booklet titled An Essay on Teeth in which he advocated for his ideas in preventive dentistry, particularly for the use of a toothbrush. Yes, Wells was advocating for preventive dentistry, such as brushing your teeth. So this guy's on the cutting edge of dentistry in the mid-1900s. After obtaining a degree, Wells sets up a practice in Hartford, Connecticut, with an associate named William T.G. Morton, who would later become famous for his use of ether as an anesthetic on October 16, 1846. Between 1841 and 1845, Wells became a reputable dentist in Hartford, where he had many patients and attracted apprentices. Among his patients were respected members of society, such as William Ellsworth, the governor of Connecticut. Dr. Horace Wells first witnessed the effects of nitrous oxide on December 10, 1844, when he and his wife Elizabeth attended a fish show. No, I'm just kidding. He attended a demonstration by Gardner Quincy Colton. It was billed in the Hartford Current as a grand exhibition of the effects produced by inhaling nitrous oxide, exhilarating or laughing gas. The demonstration took place at Union Hall in Hartford. During the demonstration, a local apothecary shop clerk, Samuel A. Cooley, became intoxicated by nitrous oxide. While under the influence, Cooley did not react when he struck his leg against a wooden bench while jumping around. Entertainment back then was sick. After the demonstration, Cooley was un unable to recall his actions while under the influence, but found abrasions and bruises on his knees. From this demonstration, Wells realized the potential for the analgesic properties of nitrous oxide and met with Colton about conducting trials. The following day, Wells conducted a trial on himself by inhaling nitrous oxide and having John Riggs extract one of his teeth. That's how they did it back in the day. Upon a successful trial where he did not feel any pain, Wells went on to use nitrous oxide on at least 12 other patients in his office. In 1844, Hartford did not have a hospital. So Wells sought to demonstrate his new findings in either Boston or New York. In January of 1845, he chose to go to Boston where he had previously studied dentistry and also knew William Morton, his former student and associate. Wells and Morton's practice had been dissolved in October of 1844, but they remained on friendly terms. Morton was enrolled in Harvard Medical School at the time and agreed to help Wells introduce his ideas, although Morton was skeptical about the use of nitrous oxide. 
He gave a demonstration to medical students at the Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston on January 20th, 1845. However, the gas was improperly administered and the patient cried out in pain. The patient later admitted that although he cried out in pain, he remembered no pain and did not know when the tooth was extracted. It was later found that the gas is not as effective on both obese people and alcoholics. The patient was both. The audience of students in the surgical theater jeered humbug. After the embarrassment of his failed demonstration, Wells immediately returned home to Hartford the next day, shortly after he became ill and his dental practice became sporadic. On February 5th, 1845, Wells advertised his home for rent. On April 7th of that same year, Wells advertised in the Hartford Current that he was going to dissolve his dental practice and referred all of his patients to Riggs, the man who had extracted his tooth. In October 1846, Morton gave a successful demonstration of ether anesthesia in Boston. Following Morton's demonstration, Wells published a letter accounting his successful trials in 1844 in an attempt to claim the discovery of anesthesia. His efforts in establishing his claim were mostly unsuccessful. Despite his advertisement for dissolving his practice in April 1845, Wells sporadically continued his practice with his last daybook entry being on November 5th, 1845. So here's where it gets a little crazy. The man who brings the idea of using nitrous oxide in a dentist office isn't having as much success in breaking it through. And then mysteriously in the 1845, puts his home up for rent and says he was going to dissolve his dental practice, referring all of his patients to someone else. And then a year later, he's kind of unsuccessfully trying to uh, establish claims that, you know, he was successful first. And, and so here's where it gets a little weird. It says here, Wells closed his office nine times and relocated six different times between 1836 and in 1847. He closed his office due to ill health, although his physician could not find any physical cause for his non-specific complaints. He mentioned his recurring illness in a letter to his sister, Mary Wells Cole, in April 1837. He also became ill shortly after marrying Elizabeth Wales in 1838 and having his only son, Charles Thomas Wells. During winter months, he would not write letters to any family or friends except for his published letter in 1846 after Morton's ether demonstration. Wells definitively ended his dental practice in late 1845 and began selling shower baths for which he received a patent on November 4th, 1846. He also planned to sail to Paris to purchase paintings to resell in the United States. He traveled to Paris in early 1847 where he petitioned the Académie Royale de Médecine and the Parisian Medical Society for recognition in the discovery of anesthesia. Wells moved to New York City in January of 1848, leaving his wife and young son behind in Hartford. He lived alone at 120 Chamber Street in Lower Manhattan and began self-experimenting with ether and chloroform, and he became addicted to chloroform. The effects of sniffing chloroform and ether were unknown at the time. Dr. Horace Wells rushed into the street on January 21st, 1848, his 33rd birthday, and threw sulfic acid over the clothing of two prostitutes. 
he was committed to New York's infamous Tomes Prison. As the influence of the drug waned, his mind started to clear, and he realized what he had done. He asked the guards to escort him to his house to pick up his shaving kit. He committed suicide in his cell on January 24th, slitting his left femoral artery with a razor after inhaling an analgesic dose of chloroform. He is buried at Cedar Hill Cemetery in Hartford, Connecticut. And then lastly, it says here on his Wikipedia, Legacy. Twelve days before his death, the Parisian Medical Society voted and honored Dr. Horace Wells as the first to discover and perform surgical operations without pain. What? That's crazy. In addition, he was elected an honorary member and awarded an honorary MD degree, everything he was fighting for. However, Wells died unaware of these decisions. Wells first voiced his concern for minimizing his patient's pain during dental procedures in 1841. He was known for caring about his patient's comfort. During his time as a dentist, Wells advocated for regular checkups for dental hygiene and also began the practice of pediatric dentistry in order to start dental care early. The American Dental Association honored Wells posthumously in 1864 as the discoverer of modern anesthesia, and the American Medical Association recognized his achievement in 1870. A monument to Horace Wells was raised in Paris. And Hartford, Connecticut has a statue of Horace Wells in Bushnell Park. As Jam Band fans, hey, we're not going to be shy about it. We like our, our nitrous oxide. And to think that the guy who brought it to the masses, <laughs> I mean, definitely getting high on his own supply. Just real mysterious shit going on with this guy. He just, he came in and a, a very incredibly intelligent uh, caring and brilliant guy who definitely started getting too messed up with his stuff. And man, yeah, definitely the last uh, 10 to 12 years there, bouncing around place to place, constantly saying he's ill. This is this is the man who was addicted to drugs. And he just didn't, you know, no one knew what to do with someone addicted probably to ether or chloroform or, you know, th this, these were not, Things no, they didn't even know to use a toothbrush. So, I think a lot of these doctors. What's so fascinating to me about this is that they tested on themselves first, and you know you have these guys who are showing you the effects of, of nitrous oxide by inhaling it and then running into walls and bruising their feet in front of people as a as an experiment, an exhibition in the hall. Man, what a crazy fucking time. So anyway, that is the really weird and crazy life of Dr. Horace Wells. Next time you're huffing on a balloon, maybe you can tell someone, hey, you know about this guy? But moving on, let's bring out our first guest. They are an incredible band that we've gotten to speak with their, with the main two people, Susan and Derek from this band. But we wanted to have them all here today because uh, they're really a phenomenal band and uh, respected by everybody in this scene. So I wanted them to come here and we could really chat with all of them. So let's bring them out here. The Tedeschi Trucks Band. All right. All right. All right. Come on in, guys. Come on in. Oh, yeah. yeah just make room. Just move up a seat. Move a seat over here. Yeah, you guys can. We get. We got a couple more seats over here. You guys get in the back. There's a. There's a lot of you guys here. Okay. All right. So with us today, 
We have the Tedeschi Trucks Band. I'm just going to go around here. We have Derek Trucks. We have Susan Tedeschi. We have Tyler Greenwell. We have Isaac Eady. Over there, we got Michael Madsen. We got Mark Rivers. We got Alicia Shakur. We got Kebby Williams. Elizabeth Leah. Ephraim Owens. Brandon Boone. And lastly, in the back there, I see you over there. We got Gabe Dixon. Oh, yeah. How we doing, everybody? Yeah, doing good. Well. Doing good. Awesome. Cool, cool. Okay. So, man, this is a really big band. I, I have to ask, kind of, what's the process here when it comes to songwriting? I mean, is it is it one person? Are you guys all kind of contributing? Like, what's happening with that when you have so many people in your band? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I can tell you this much. I mean, yeah, a lot of times I'll write the guitar and I'll work on something for a while. Always going to be a music. Oh, and they'll come up with bass lines all the time. It's not Probably like two, three times a day to Derek. That's why. That's why. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, but you know, that's what we do. You know, we make music. We see what's happening. You know, with so many band members bringing so many different styles to the table, that's got to be something that's really interesting to juggle. I mean, everybody's coming from different places and have different influences, right? Like, just, just name some of your influences right now. Well, for me, I'm, of course, the Elmer Brothers. For me, it's all about the uh, divas. Leonard Skinner. Uh, Kevin is a 
Influenced me. A lot of people in this band, as we've uh, already already discussed. So, real quick, let's make a quick question because I know everyone has a lot to say. Uh, Derek and Susan are the the two main people. They're they're a couple, right? Uh, we love them. They're they're here, and but we let's 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 ask the tough question, okay? Everybody here in this band, you can pick one or the other. Who do you prefer in this band? And I know there's a lot of you, so it could be all over the place. But uh, at the same time, I want everyone to say who they prefer, Derek or Susan. All right, go. Derek. 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 Me. Susan. And it looks like one person for Susan. Oh, that was Susan. Yeah, that was me. Well, I'm glad you said yourself. That's good. Yeah. I guess I... I'm not the most popular person here. No, Dude. no, we oh, love no, you. Come on now. Truth. I mean, I know what's happening right now. Oh, well, I don't want to ruffle any feathers here. I know you guys are a tight unit. I just just had to ask that one. Um, I would think that with so many members in a band, there would be a lot of conflicts. I would think that there would be a lot of times where the different opinions and stances, maybe even on political issues, or social issues might come into play just from the amount of conversations you're going to have surrounded by this many people while on the road. I mean, you guys all have different opinions on things, right? Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, yeah, sure. sure. We do. You know, There's a lot of opinions here. I mean, I'm always worried about what's going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very different. We don't have to get into it too much. Everyone has to talk about it too much, but to change of what's happening in the world. So we just try to honor that and respect it. But like Derek says, you know, it's just not really a place that I'm more. I just stopped coming anymore. No, yeah, I did. It's just not something that I'm really too concerned about. You know, would I do it again? Probably not, but it's just going to kind of smash the South Beach so, really we're not really into that. We're into more focus on shit. We don't really know about that. 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 We don't really know you do you, Ukraine. Okay? You do Ukraine. I ain't worried about y'all. Okay? That's how I feel about shit. All right. Well, it, it's been an absolute pleasure to have all of you here today getting all of your very different opinions on things. Yeah. Really such a great band, and it's such an honor to have you all here. I'll, I'll ask this, and we'll we'll end with this question. What, do you, what would you say is the best part of playing in the Tedeschi Trucks band? 
Oh, that's a great question. I mean, of course. Uh, Playing the keyboard in a band, I was always like, should I do it? I mean, I don't know. I was like, I can do So singing in a great band who writes great songs, I mean, I'm living in the brain. I hope Best part, man, best part. Let me guess. That's Katie, baby. That's me, baby. That's Kevin. Best part of band is Derek Trucks. Anybody. all right guys well i appreciate you all for coming by now if just be careful i know there's a lot of you so if you could Go out that door to the left over there, just, you know, one one person at a time, all right? But thank you so much, everyone. Derek and Susan, I'm, I'm sure we'll have you back later to talk some more. Uh, but thank you guys so much for and coming. that's it. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right, let's go. All right, come on. Get the fuck out of my way. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. That was the Tedeschi Trucks Band. And now, we're going to be, I'm so excited for this next segment. We are going to have a game show. And it's going to be based on the Disco Biscuit knowledge of two men. One is a statistician. His name is Patrick. We call him Pat the Stat. And he knows everything there is to know about the Disco Biscuits. And we're going to put him up against the drummer of the Disco Biscuits. This man is a literal robot. His name is Alan O'Quinn. And he pretty much knows everything. So let's bring both these gentlemen out here right now. Pat the Stat and Alan O'Quinn of the Disco Biscuits. <laughs> hey, brother Dave. Hey, Pat, how we doing? Doing okay. All right. <laughs> Great, and Alan, welcome back to the podcast. How have you been holding up? I am wonderful. Playing incredible drums for the Disco Biscuits is life affirming. Yeah, I mean, slaying those drums, man. Just another tour and just Alan crushing it once again. Super pumped to see what you guys are going to do this New Year's run. It will be awesome. Well, fellas, obviously you know why you're here. We're going to be doing a game show to test your knowledge of the Disco Biscuits. But, you know... What we're going to need, probably, to do this right is we're going to need a host for our show. So I'm going to sit back and watch and listen with the rest of everybody else. And I'm going to bring out a host who's going to run this game show. We found him last season. He's the author of Ground Score to Success. And his name is Kelvin Jensen. And we're bringing him on today to be the host of this game show. So come on out, Kelvin Jensen. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Alan O'Quinn. Nice. Pat the Stat. <laughs> hey. Wonderful. Are you ready to play a new game? Sorry if you don't. don't. Alright. I cannot wait 
to play the game. All right, let's get this game started. Today's categories are the following. Wetlands Preserve. Barber's Guitars. Disco Biscuit Side Projects. Debuts. The year 2008. And our last topic. The Female Reproductive System. Whoa. <laughs> what was that? Last one. All right, let's get this game started. All of these categories are on a wheel that uh, both of our contestants are in front of. So let's spin the wheel and take it from there and see who knows everything there is to know about the Disco Biscuits. So now the clock is ticking. Once that clock runs out, we'll get a beep and we'll know it's over. Whoever has the most points at the end of the clock wins the game. Pat, uh, yeah, let's have you spin first, shall we? Okay, here we go. Yeah. You've landed on 2008. Okay. Name two songs that came out of 2008 that begin with the letter M. Um, uh, uh, M80. All right, one more, Pat. And uh, meditation. That is correct. Spin again there, Pat. All right. All right, you've landed on Disco Biscuit Side Projects. The question is, this side project was formed by Mark Brownstein after he left the band in the year 2000. Uh, that would be the Maui Project. <laughs> that is correct. Looks like you're on your way to success. You can spin again. Okay. You've landed on Barber's Guitars. Pat, can you name what kind of guitar Barber played on 1229-2001? That's Roseland. That's correct. I believe it's a Les Paul. <laughs> oh my god, that's correct. Awesome. <laughs> wow, Pat, you're racking up the points. You can spin again. Alright, okay. <laughs> Alright, we've landed on the female reproductive system. <laughs> okay, Pat, true or false? The vagina is a self-cleaning organ. Uh, 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 false? Ooh, sorry, buddy. All right, Alan, it's time for you to go ahead and spin. Wonderful. I cannot wait. All right, the category is Wetlands Preserve. A little before your time, Alan. That is okay. I am knowledgeable in all aspects of Disco Biscuits. Okay, how many times did the Disco Biscuits play the Wetlands Preserve in New York City? Total, 24 times. That is correct. Spin again, Alan. All right, you've landed on Disco Biscuits side projects. This Magner side project played at Red Rocks. That would be... 
Billy and the Kids. Spin again. All right, you've landed on debuts. All right, Alan, name this song that was debuted on 10 7 2000. Debuted on 10 7 2000. That song is Confrontation. Ooh, sorry, Alan. Pat, you want to steal this one? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, that song would be Camioli Sands. <laughs> that is correct. Success. Go ahead and spin that wheel, Pat. Okay. Come on, come on, come on, come on. No, no. Female reproductive system. Ah. Of the following, Pat, which is not a part of the female body? Ovaries? Fallopian tube? Clitoris and Schlabia, not part of the female body. Uh, oh God! Fallopian tube. I believe that fallopian tube is a tray song and not a female body part. Oh. Sorry, my man. You want to steal this one, Alan? Schlabia, obviously. And it's your turn to spin, Alan. And you landed on Barber's Guitars. Okay, Alan. What guitar company made Barber multiple custom-made guitars back in 2007? Oh, that is easy. Booker. That is correct. Great job, Alan. Spin again. Okay, then. And you landed on 2008. All right, Alan. Name three European countries the Disco Biscuits played in 2008. The Disco Biscuits in 2008 played in Netherlands, England, and Germany. Success. All right, spin again, Alan. Ooh, wait, that sound means we're down to our final question. We are currently tied. So it's winner take all, fellas. Here's the game. You can spin and then either choose to answer a question in that category or pick from a mystery question box for all or nothing. Alan, you are up. Time for you to spin. Time to win the game, I guess. <laughs> and we've landed on Wetlands Preserve. Name the address of Wetland Preserve Rock Club. The address of Wetlands Preserve. 161 Hudson Street. Correct, Alan. Okay, Alan is in lead, and now it's over to you, Pat. Pat, spin that wheel and see if you can stay alive. Oh, God. Please not the one about the ladies. Oh. And it's female reproductive system. Now, Pat, you can elect to instead pick from the mystery question box I have here. Why, uh, yes, uh, I think I will pick from the mystery question, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Pat, probably a good move. Yeah. Okay, and the topic of today's mystery box question is... Organs. Oh, yes, perfect. I know all of Magner's organs. Give me that question, Kelvin. <laughs> okay, Pat, topic is organs, and the question is... 
The female reproductive system is a group of organs that work together to enable reproduction, pregnancy, and childbirth. It also produces female sex hormones. Name one. I just know the organ I was thinking. We're going to need an answer on that, Pat. And we're going to need one soon. I'm a Roland? Ooh, I am sorry, Pat, but that is incorrect. Alan, I'm going to send it back to you. It's a chance to steal it all and win the game. How about estrogen? That is correct. And a successful win of the Disco Biscuits game. Alan, you are the champion. And Pat, unfortunately, you have lost. Jeepers, damn. Oh, man. Wow, oh my goodness. Man, Alan beating out Pat the stat. I can't believe they let the those female reproductive questions into this Disco Biscuits competition. That is unfortunate for you, Pat. Yeah, I'm not as uh, familiar with that. I'll <laughs> well, just study up on the ladies. You really, you should do that, Pat. And Alan, man, congrats on the victory. I had all of the confidence that I would win today. You are for sure the most confident and coolest robot slash ginger i have ever met alan and uh thank you so much for coming by and being such a good sport and playing this game against this disco biscuit statistician who's no joke he has been a wonderful competitor and i hope that he gets laid sometimes <laughs> you and i both all right fellas thank you so much for coming by and playing that game with us and thank you calvin for being our host no problem above the dave and remember how to ground score yourself to success. That's right. Plug the book. Plug the book. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming by the studio today. <laughs> Bye. That is going to do it for episode 26. I want to thank all of my guests, the entire Tedeschi Trucks band, as well as Alan O'Quinn, Pat the Stat, and Kelvin Jensen. It has been a very fun episode. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we are going to be talking about the Goose Show that I went to. And we're going to bring on a guy that spent the entire show behind me talking. And his name is Scott the Chomper. And he's going to be playing his highlights of the exact same Goose Show. After that, we're going to be speaking with two members of the up-and-coming jam band, Tapioca Pudding Project. That's right, Jay Dead and Charlie are coming on and talking about some new, exciting news with Tapioca Pudding Project and debuting a new song of theirs, which hopefully is better than the last one. And lastly, we are so excited to have to the Lot Scene podcast, Trey Anastasio and Paige McConnell of the band Fish, and we will be speaking about a variety of topics, and so I'm really excited for you all to hear that. So thank you once again for listening and supporting this show. It has been a pleasure. I've been Above the Dave. And this has been another episode of The Lots. The Lots. The Lots. The Lots. The Lots.